Okay, and we're live on the Niche Agent. So today we've got a great guest for you. It's Nick Waldner from Maryland. You're with Keller Williams. So Nick, why don't you take a quick second and tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Uh, thanks, Ryan. I'm a uh, mega agent out of Maryland. Uh, have a pretty decent team. We're going to do about $40 million this year. Um, I've been in the business for about 12 years and recently got picked up on a television program doing waterfront properties all over the country. Awesome. So you've got a really neat background in history and, and kind of what brought you to the real estate legend. Um, absolutely. So I started in a, uh, a sales position right out of right in college actually. Started in uh, sales, full commission job. You only get paid for what you sell. Um, I excelled at that, felt really comfortable in the sales role, sales position like I'm sure a lot of agents did. Uh, coming out of college, I was running that business by my senior year and then I went into a franchise business, Cold Stone Creamery. Uh, myself and some partners picked up the uh, franchise here on the East Coast, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, D.C., Pennsylvania, and the southern half of New Jersey. Not the upper half because that has uh, mobsters, so just the southern <laughs> half. And we uh, we partnered at a group, and, and we were uh, I was doing all the commercial real estate, helping franchisees find the uh, real estate. We had another guy in operations, another guy in, uh, in franchise sales. And what I really learned from that, that background was the systems and models of a franchise. If you think about McDonald's, if whether you go to uh, Hong Kong uh, or Australia, you get the same burger everywhere. And that really kind of blew my mind in terms of watching the success or failure rate of a franchisee was solely based on whether they followed the models and the systems that were put out in front of them. Now, I've studied franchises all over, and I know that the, the ones that ha don't have a good system or model, you can follow it all you want. It's not going to work. But mm -hmm. a good system and a good model will work over your own entrepreneurial spirit every single time. So after that uh, experience, I went into residential real estate and instantly realized that there was no systems and models. There was nothing. And that was before I discovered Keller Williams. So I started about the process like most of us, doing it on my own and figuring it out on my own. Uh, I had a great mentor. My mom was a top agent in the area. She had been in business now 35 plus years, so she was great. Um, somebody that you could call at 6 in the morning or 10 o'clock at night and always get an answer to. But really what I learned from her is watching her. She was fourth in the state of Maryland in sales. And what I learned is what does she do every day and how can I duplicate it? And she did it very natural, very entrepreneurial where I wanted to put a system behind it and make sure every single day I did it, not just whenever the entrepreneurial spirit hit me. So once I found Keller Williams, it was a really, really nice introduction to the sales aspect that I loved and, and I liked, the franchise system that I had as a background, and then combined that really with RS and you know that search for talent, finding the right people, putting them in, in the key roles, and then holding them accountable to the systems and models that we're teaching. Okay. So for the listeners that don't know, RS is, stands for Recruit Select. It's one of the Kellen's training. So for you, I mean, obviously you're big on systems, and that was important for you. What, why systems in the first place? Why franchise? Like, did, was it, what, how did that opportunity happen, and why did you go right into that franchise systems? You know, that's a great question, because when, when I did sales, it was all... Uh, it was all pretty set. I mean, we did learn some scripts. 
Um, but it was very loosely based training, and you kind of sank or swim. You know, they would typically we'd have uh, 150, 200 guys try out, guys and girls try out for these sales positions, and they'd hire about 20. I was fortunate to get one of the positions, and then I excelled at it through learning and watching some of the older guys and learning what they did. So it's a basis of scripts, mm -hmm. um, just without me knowing that that's exactly what I was doing. So as I learned that, then we. I, I knew I never wanted to get into the corporate world. I didn't want to work for a nine-to-five. I didn't want to be in a cubicle. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, and I thought, I want to buy real estate. I want to buy franchises. And, and that he talks a lot about those two things in his book. So I got into uh, the franchise business based on studying franchises and looking for who we thought were going to be the next successful uh, franchise it was right at the time when Starbucks was, was really taking off and really doing well, and we saw that luxury coffee brand could be played into the luxury ice cream market. So if you don't mm -hmm. know, Cold Stone Creamery is a luxury ice cream market. And we, we thought that was a good position. I didn't want to own a franchise. I didn't want to do the day-to-day -day operations there. But the idea of a, of a franchise developer, so we uh, help establish and grow the franchise, and then we get paid a royalty off of every store, that to me was really appealing. And then watching these stores, the ones that really followed what we were teaching and doing what we said, Scott, ones that were, well, I've owned, I'll be fine, I can just do it on my own. It was such a difference that I just thought if it's the right system, the right model, get out of your own way, just do it. Uh, for me, I know one of the biggest uh, game changers for me, uh, before I even got my license, I was just getting, uh, I think I was doing the courses. And a guy I was working with had suggested the E-Myth. And when I read that book, it totally changed my whole view on business and sales and everything. I, I know for my brother, he's a contractor, and I shared that with him. And he just he got it. And People who don't understand how valuable systems are don't get it, and they live that entrepreneurial way, and they just kind of go from the next thing to the next thing. But with the right systems, it can make a world of a difference. Absolutely, and I think... Anybody with an entrepreneurial spirit can succeed. So there's, a, I'm not taking anything away from your success, but there is a level that you're going to finally hit, and that level could be here, that level could be here, depending on who you are. But no matter where that level is, with the right systems, models, and tools, you can break through that. And I think that's what I saw. I always felt very comfortable. I never felt like I was hitting those those uh, those ceilings. You know, I was doing well in my market, but as soon as I looked outside and saw a guy in Phoenix selling 500 houses, it wasn't good. Maybe that's not that's not worth. It. Yeah. So when you when you look outside yourself and you look at, at some of the successes, maybe not in your marketplace, but outside, you really start to realize how big it could be. So for you, when did you realize? When you switched into real estate, when did you realize how valuable the systems were to the real estate business? Because Keller Williams, we preach with the, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, it's all about systems and models. At what point did you say, okay, these are the right systems and I need to put these into my business? Uh, it, it actually, it, when I first started, it was more about me teaching myself how to do real estate. Because anybody that knows, you come into the business, they hand you a license, it's a license to do what? You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> so. For me, it was a little more real estate, how I could learn from every experience and every sale we had. Uh, and it was all about myself and, and my own success. 
And then as I got into RS and I realized what I had put together and what I was building could work for anybody. It wasn't just my roadmap to success. I could give this to any agent and show them how I got to where I am. And that was kind of when I realized that link between what I was putting with other people to build that team. That's when I kind of saw the big growth uh, pattern. Then I discovered Keller Williams. Okay. And, I mean, I, my first hire was terrible, terrible, because I was terrible at, at hiring. My second hire was just as bad. My third hire was when I finally started to kind of get it. It was after I took RS once. And RS, again, is Recruit Select for Keller Williams, and it teaches agents how to hire, uh, train, train, lead, and motivate. So it took me several times on my own to hit that ceiling and hit that ceiling before I realized there's a system that can take me through that ceiling. I know. Uh, how are those hand signals? I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> That's good. I know I took it, and uh, I had a buyer's agent and assistant at the time, and it was the first time I had taken it. I had, again, I had already started my team, and after I took Recruit Select, I went back and I let my buyer's agent go because I knew it wasn't the right person, it wasn't the right fit, and it wasn't going to help me grow my business. And it was a hard decision to make, but I knew by using the models and systems in place, it was the right decision. And it was yeah. a good decision for me. It's funny because Gary always says that after those uh, after those classes, how many people go back and just start hacking away? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. And it's not because you know all those people were terrible. It's usually because you have the wrong person in the wrong job, or the you know the right person on the bus in the wrong seat. So sometimes it's about putting them in the right seat. Sometimes it is about letting them go and, and starting fresh. So for you, you obviously took a lot of systems from the franchise background. Did those overlap into your real estate career, or did you just say you let them go and put them aside and just follow the, the Keller Williams system? Um, good question. All the systems and models I learned from Coldstone didn't didn't compute. Uh, coming here and learning how to make chocolate chip ice cream didn't help <laughs> at all in real estate. But um, a lot of what I learned from myself and building my own models in the beginning, which, like I said, were average at best, to me it was more about being present as a leader. So, like I, like I said, I had my mom when I first started in the real estate business, and I could call her at 6 a.m., I could call her at 10 p.m. I'm her favorite child. Thank you. Favorite <laughs> child. So, of course, I could call any time and I could get those answers, and I realized that in order to lead somebody, you have to care. And that's really what she was saying when she would answer my phone calls. She cared about my success. So I learned very quickly that I had to use that same method that I hired. You have to have somebody that you like, somebody that you care, and somebody that you want to succeed. And when your goals are kind of put aside and you're focused on their goal, you become a totally different leader. And that's where I kind of, that's what I really enjoyed about where I am now. Is it's about their goals and where they want to go and how I can help them get there. My goals I don't need to worry about because they're going to happen. If I can help somebody else reach their potential, then that's going to raise every single time. So that that caring is really the, the biggest thing. So if you have someone on your team and you really don't care about their success, fire them. Yeah, or fire yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for you, obviously, you said your mom was very entrepreneurial and not as much as the system about the systems. Did you get a lot of uh, pushback or resentment? Not resentment, but pushback from 
No, no, no. It's a, it's a fair question. And that, and I absolutely did. When I first started, um, you know, I started doing well in sales, and as I started increasing, I said, "Oh, you know what? I need a uh, I need an assistant. I need somebody to handle all this paperwork so I can go out and sell more." And there wasn't a single soul in my office that had an assistant, and everyone looked at me like, "Who does this guy think he is? He wants an assistant? He's been in the business for 20 minutes." And, so I said, no, I'm going to get one. And my mom at first was a little concerned. What do you mean? And I just said, I'm going to do it. And I hired one, and she was terrible because I was terrible, and it was a disaster. And I'm sure half the office was like, told him he doesn't need an assistant. My second one was a little bit better. My third one was good. And I, as I started to see how I could progress and how that could work for me, I didn't care about what other people were saying. I wanted it, and that's what I saw happening. And then it was confirmed when I got to uh, to Keller Williams, and they said, your first hire is always an assistant for your admin. I felt addicted or uh, validated. Yes. So for me, when I'm, when I'm coaching clients in the office, I talk about the, the hockey curve with success. And a lot of times people are doing things, they're doing things, they're not getting the successes that they expect, and then all of a sudden you have that point, and it just kind of takes off. When you use the systems and models, we know that we can speed that up, but what did that look like for you when you had moved to Keller Williams and you started implementing those systems? At what point was it that you, your business really took that to the, took it to the next level? So that's a great question. So I've been in the business about 12 years. I've been with Keller Williams for two. And when my first year in Keller Williams, uh, my production was up 87% compared to the year before at the, my other brokerage. And I was a very decent agent there. I was, I think, third in the company there with 300 agents or 250 agents. So it was still quite a success there. But then to come over here and my business went up 87%, we're not talking I went from 1 million to 5 million. We're talking I had a great business, a tremendous other level. Now, if you talk to anybody else, Gary will tell you it's because Keller Williams is amazing. Now every agent needs to join. But the truth is, the two or three years prior to me joining KW, I was already implementing their systems, their models, and I was already learning them myself and getting better at themselves. So there was exactly, like you said, this hockey curve where I was failing miserably at hiring, and then I started getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and then all of a sudden I took off, and you saw that come off that, that line at a skyrocket. That 87% was not... I joined KW here, and I went to 87 here. There was that curve before I got there that you mentioned. And it was, you know, it's people look at it, they're like, oh, my God, you joined Keller Williams, and your business took off. It was a matter of what I learned. And I think that is with any business. As you make your mistakes and as you learn that hockey curve, you really start to see it happen. Yeah, it's an amazing it, – it, it's not just with – style of business, but it's if you if you do farming, if you're doing online marketing, if you're doing working for sale by owners, there's always that curve where you're you're plugging away, and most agents give up in that in that plateau or that where they're just kind of plugging along. And if they just keep doing the right things, which we know by following the models and systems, if we do the right things, at some point you're gonna hit that that spike. And a lot of agents give up before it ever gets to that point. And it, it it's a shame and it sucks to see so many people never hit that point, but once they do, it's like a whole other world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what people don't realize is there is that same curve with 12 or 15 different niches. It doesn't mean, you know, like I'm 
America's waterfront expert when I'm on TV. So that's one niche. That as I learned it, I made my mistakes, and now I started getting good at it. The same thing went with referral and repeat. The same thing with you know uh, internet leads. Everything has that exact same thing. So you have to be relying on several different niches to really build your business. You can't have. You can't be a one-trick pony. And though I was just thinking as you were saying that is the opposite is true in that failure is the same and that you said about the franchises that didn't have the right models and systems and they're following them and if they're not doing them right they fail and I thought the same thing is you could be plugging along and then you don't realize it and then you fail and you just you crash and if you're using the wrong systems and models and you're not building the right foundation for your business you can be plugging along and you don't feel it by the time it's too late you've already crashed yeah absolutely there's there's programs out there that work for some people in some markets that just because it worked for that guy in Michigan doesn't mean I can take it to Maryland and it's an instant success. There are factors that are beyond our control that we can't just make them happen in our particular markets. So trial and error to figure it out. And you have to know that red light, green light, which is basically following your expenses and, and your uh, your um, your revenue to see, okay, is this working? And at what point do I want to say, scrap this and move on to the next? Yeah. So I want to talk about one of the newest ventures you're working on right now, um, kind of how we connected. You are have a new TV show coming out. Um, it's one of your niches. And can you to be in where that's taking you now? Um, yeah. So uh, one of my niches is, is obviously I'm America's waterfront expert. So I pick, got picked up by A&E. Um, to do a program for them. Originally slated to have, I think, four, four or five different agents to um, like uh, LA listing or New York listing, one of those shows where there's a couple different agents and it kind of follows their their uh, their path. And all of a sudden, I got a call from the producer. They scrapped that idea. They just want to use me and they want to do 20 episodes all over the country. So I'll be in California and Florida and Texas and Louisiana and Florida basically everywhere that's warm because I'm shooting from January to June. So I got to be in warmer climates for, for January, February, March, April, and then I'll start. It's a horrible up. thing. <laughs> right. I have to spend my entire uh, winter in the warmth. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm a ski bum. I love to be on the slopes. I love to snowboard. That's where I'd rather be, but, you know, I'll take it. So how did that come to be, and, and what did it look like for you? Because we've had um, – a couple people on that have been on TV and some radio shows and things like that. So how did that uh, transpire? And because some people would like to be that, I know there's not agents who would like to be on TV. Is that something you pursued, or did they come after you? And what did it look like for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, Jason Abrams, which is another agent that's on uh, uh, making of the deal or something like that. Can't remember his name. Sorry, Jason. Um, scoring the deal. Uh, yeah, scoring the deal. There it is. So he's the he's the same way. Like. Uh, I got approached to do a TV show, My First Home, on TLC. I work with a production company. It's a normal one episode that you see on HDTV, TLC. There's a bunch of them that have that programs. Mm -hmm. I did it. I felt very comfortable in front of the camera. Um, the producers you know, kept telling me what a great job I was doing, which I just assumed they said to everybody to make it go smooth. Um, at the that season when it aired, I got a phone call, and the production company said, you know, you had the best ratings on your particular episode. We'd like to do uh, or explore different some options with you. 
And at the time, I wasn't that impressed with it. That was about a year and a half ago. And over the next year and a half, they started pitching me different ideas. And my business was up and down in terms of hiring, and I was looking for the right people, and I was trying to pull myself out of certain roles so that I could have somebody else handling it. And most of the ideas they came up with, I didn't love, I didn't really want to do, and I wasn't really kind of uh, catching on to, to anything. Nothing caught my interest. As my team, I realized that, hey, this is an opportunity that I could actually take on. You know, 1.5 million agents in the U.S., a handful of people have a TV show. So I thought, what great exposure for the team and to be able to, to drive business. So they came up with the waterfront idea. I thought it sounded great. They asked me to send in a, uh, a sizzle reel, which is basically a GoPro camera, go on a boat and uh, shoot them some footage. It was March. They wanted me in a boat in Maryland <laughs> in March. I had to go wakeboarding in Maryland in March. <laughs> so I shot the whole thing, you know, sent them about 30 minutes, 40 minutes worth of footage. That's all my body could handle because it was so cold. <laughs> sent that to them and didn't really think anything of it. They called me and said, oh, you're one of the 10 uh, sizzle reels selected to go to the network. And I was, what do you mean 10? They had gotten 150 uh, sizzle reels from realtors all over the U.S. I didn't even know I was in competition. I thought they just wanted me. Yeah, That's how naive I was. <laughs> so they ended up selecting it, and the network took it, and they chose me out of the 10, and then they said, all right, let's do a pilot. They came out, they shot the pilot here in Maryland. We did Annapolis and St. Michael's, and then from there, uh, they took it to the network. It took about two months. The network approved it. We were hoping to get five to seven episodes, and they came back and with a 20-episode deal. I agreed to it. We signed the paperwork, and we're off and going. That's awesome. And I, I always talk with agents, and I share with them that how important it is to follow your passion and, and just keep doing what you're doing because you never know the opportunities that are going to open up. I'm sure if you told yourself, if you were to talk to yourself five years ago, you probably wouldn't have expected to be having a TV show. Not at all. It wasn't even in my radar of things. And, you know, doing the one show, was, I did that because I thought, all right, that's something I can put on my website. It would be fun. And then when they approached me about a pilot, and the original pitch was, you're going to have five or six shows, I thought, all right, the business is going well. I think that would be something that would be fun. It, it kind of hit me when they said 20 episodes in six months and you're going to be all over the country. That made me start to worry. That's, that's a lot. Uh, that's a big stress test on the team. You know, yep. How much can they continue working without me? How how solidified in their roles are they? And I started looking at it more of, you know, it's not about the TV, it's not about the, you know, any of that. It's about what can this do to help me build my team? Yep. And forcing me to step back, let people, you know, own their own roles and do their own roles, it's going to show me where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are in my team. And I think this six months, I look at it as this is a great six months to really, you know, water test the team and see where there are leaks and where it needs work and where it needs fixing. And where the show goes from here, I'm not really sure. You know, this could be a one-hit wonder and, you, you know, you see my 20 episodes and that's it. It could skyrocket. I don't know. But I think it's a great opportunity to really test the team and see how strong the team is and learn from that and see how I can build that back into the team and how I can – 
you know, plug those holes and fix our problems and really help solidify that so when I want to expand that team to other areas, I have a better building block, I have a better model. And that's a great view on that because so many people would get caught up in the uh, celebrityism of it and for you, it's you're looking at it as the business side of it, and because you follow the models and systems and using the franchise model, you you see the value in that. And it, you yeah. now know that you have more faith that you're also how can I make it better, and not just you, I have an, I've arrived, my team's great, and I'm going to go do this and make yeah, it I, and I and I and I'm the complete opposite. Anybody that you see on stage, anybody that you know at family reunion or any other uh, real estate event you know, across the country, and they're talking about their team, anybody you see on this program, all of us have one thing in common. None of us have a perfectly smooth running team. <laughs> all of us have chaos. All of us have problems. All of us have things to deal with. But it's about failing forward and learning from every, every problem and learning from every defeat so that you can get up the next day and be better and better and better. And I think that's the thing that drives everybody that you see everybody that you see on TV, everybody that you see in these roles or on, on programs like yours, is it, it identifies the people who are, aren't afraid to fail and can take that failure and succeed from it. Yeah, that failing yeah. forward. And, and one of the common things that successful people do is maybe hard times, whether difficult times, and seize those opportunities. For you, you're seeing the opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be tough on the team. It's going to put your team to the test, but you're seeing it as a testing ground and a way to, to strengthen it, whereas some people, if they wouldn't even be successful, would be looking at, oh, it's going to be too much burden, too much time. I couldn't do it. We couldn't handle it. Yeah, and, and there's fears. I have fears as well. I'm, feared, uh, and I'm, I'm fearful about the amount of time I'm going to be away. I'm fearful about the amount of time I'm going to be away from you know my family, my, my friends. You know, the idea of traveling all over the country and going to all these all these nice places in these warm weather, sure, it's really appealing. But when you look at the at the grind of getting up every single day, having to be like on camera and that that personality and always never having a rough day, never having a sick day, never having an off day, always being hey and just so I think there's going to be a grind to it. But I'm okay yeah. with with, uh, with taking that. And there's going to be you know, some times where I'm lonely because I'm in a strange city, I don't know anybody, and I'm sitting in a Holiday Inn somewhere. So there's going to be a lot of reflection time. There's going to be a lot of time where I can uh, catch up on a lot of the books that I've uh, that I've wanted to catch up and read. There's going to be times where I'm really, you know, looking at our models, looking at our systems, and, and grinding them into new things. My team's going to hate me because I'm going to be bored. I'm going to come home, or I'm going to be calling them once a week with this new great idea that we need to add <laughs> to our team. And you know, there's it's going to allow me to focus on the business because I physically can't be in the business. Yep. And that's what I like. I want to focus on it because I can't be in it. That's great. I know I've had uh, Jackie Youngblood. She's the host of TLC's Buying Naked. Same. So she had a same thing. She's whoa, a nudist. Yes. Really? Yeah. So she's, she's an awesome guest. Um, she's a nudist herself. She was a real estate agent, and then she was selling to everybody, and then she was – said, why don't I sell to my own community? And then she's now become like one of the top nudist real estate agents. She's got uh, her own show on TLC. And she said, from that, it's been amazing because she's been really, it really be able to connect all over the world. And now she's the expert and people are sending her referrals to send other, people are calling her from Texas saying, I need to buy a place here. I'm a nudist here. And she said, now, just the connection grown her business substantially from that. 
So are you trying to convince me to take my clothes off? Because it's not going to happen. No, you're more than welcome to do it in your own time. This is a family-rated show, so yeah. Um, but it just, and for her, like she said, she wasn't. that wasn't an opportunity that she was expecting, and it's opened up so many doors for her, and you never know where it's going to go. And and that's that's exactly what I'd like to do too. I'd like to you know turn this into if I'm um, if I'm you know the America's waterfront expert on this TV program. If I can develop a program where people all over the country that have waterfront property are calling me, and then I'm connecting them with the local expert in their area, you know that's a great opportunity for me yeah. as well. Um, I also have I also have a charity that I'm that I uh, I've just started. It's called HomesHelpKids.com. Don't go to the website yet because it's not set up yet. I'm still in the process of getting the nonprofit and all that stuff. But it's a, uh, a charity that basically every house we sell, we're going to take a portion of the profits, portion of the proceeds, put it into the charity, and then give back to the local community with the kids, starting with them, with uh, education, scholarships, uh, helping them with sports teams, getting them just the basics that they need to learn, backpacks and, and uh, school supplies, cleats in the spring, um, started to partner with some some big companies here and see how I can take the TV show will allow me to pitch that push that objective as well. You know, I, I think that could be huge for the national exposure of getting you know homeshelpkids.com you know up and running and really kind of out there for the general public so that you know we're using that you know as a as a source of 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 good of just yeah, positive awesome. in the community. And that's what, what I love about agents who really get it in the bigger picture is it's not just about them, it's not just about their business, it's about how can I take my business and do more with it, whether it's my clients, whether it's the community, whether it's other people outside of the area, it just being able to give back makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And what in real estate, what better way to give back than to, you know, when I think of Homes Help Kids, I know I was fortunate enough to grow up with a very stable, uh, stable home life. I always had a book bag, I always had you know, uh, study materials. I was always not, and I never thought about those things. And now when I picture kids today that are, you know, struggling to have lunch money, but they got a 4.0, I mean, that, that takes a, a heck of a person, and that person should be rewarded. That person should be, you know, given that helping hand to a scholarship to college. They should be, or that, you know, that, uh, that father who picks up three of the neighborhood kid, kids and takes them all to, to football practice, soccer practice, whatever. I want to help him out and help make sure all those kids have cleats and you know, things like that, just giving back the things that you know I was fortunate enough to have, but I know not everybody was provided that, so I want to be able to try to, to give back from my success. That's awesome. And it's been great hearing your story and where you come from and where you're going. So for you, what would you say is a good uh, takeaway piece of advice for our listeners if they are thinking of either waterfront or uh, applying the systems or just one good piece of advice that you could share? Um, one good piece of advice I think I think is really have a model, have a system, and follow it. Um, I think it's really about learning from others and building your model, your system based on the successes of others. You know, success leaves a trail, and you go out and find the trail in whatever niche that may. If you want to be the naked lady who sells real estate, then go find and see what she did and see how you can duplicate that. Or if there's somebody in your market that's really killing it in a certain area or somebody that you've met that you really are impressed with their business, go find out what they're doing. I guarantee it's not as sexy and as exciting as you think. It's yeah. going to be a daily grind of doing the right things every single day. So follow that model. Follow that system. 
be dedicated to it, I think you're going to achieve whatever you're looking to achieve. That's great advice. And I know as the host of the show, uh, what I've learned over the last year is agents are more than happy to share what they're doing. I mean, as long as you're not directly competing with each other, but pick up the phone and I say, pick up the phone, call someone across the country. They'll happy to talk about how they got there, what they did, what they're doing, what they're not doing, what not to do. So uh, that's my advice to agents always is just don't be afraid to talk to other agents and ask. Yeah, and a wise man told me once that, you know, and this is a guy in my market, and he said, I'll share anything I do to anybody in the market anytime. And I was I was surprised by that. This was years ago, and I said, why? And he said, 99% of the people will listen to what you say, but they won't have the fortitude to get up every single day and the discipline to actually do it. And I think that speaks volumes. If you really want to be successful, get up and do the right thing every single day. That's the difference. You know, not just when it's fun or when it's hot or when it's new. It's getting up and doing the same not sexy thing every single day. That'll take you to success. Great advice. So how can our listeners get a hold of you or check out what you're up to? And obviously that when the show comes out, we'll we'll definitely uh, see that. But what's the best way for people to see what you're up to? Um, that's a good question. I mean, they can find me on Facebook. Nick. Um, they can look me up there on my website, www.nickwaldner.com. We also have waldnerwinnersteam.com. You're probably not going to be able to spell or remember that one, so nickwaldner.com is probably the easiest. Homeshelpkids.com, don't look yet, but that will be coming in the next uh, one or two months, and we'll get that up and running. Um, so I think that's going to be a good way. Or on A&E, uh, the network that picked us up, you're going to see me, uh, unfortunately, 20, at least 20 times. Uh, <laughs> filming to start in uh, – episodes will start airing in April, so probably April through September uh, you'll see my – Awesome. We will put all that in the show notes so people can check that out so they can link to the websites and all of that. So, Nick, really do appreciate you being on. You've been a great guest. Uh, it's been awesome to hear where you came from and where you're going. And so thank you, and I know our listeners will really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate all this.